Planning on finishing John 8 in two weeks. But uh, we're continuing in our study of following in his steps as we follow the steps of, of Christ through the New Testament and going through the different Gospels and, and trying to chronologically follow the steps of Christ and, and see how he acted and reacted and, and responded and how he dealt with people. And, and John 8 has, has kind of been a, a difficult chapter in the sense of who Jesus is dealing with and, and seeing their rejection and the way that he proclaims his grace and his mercy and his truth. And we see this rejection and we just see hateful people with the truth standing in front of them. We see their, their open ignorance and rejection and, and just rebellion towards him. So it's kind of difficult in that sense. Um, but I have enjoyed seeing the, the grace and, and the mercy of God on display, even in the midst of dealing with these difficult people. We see him declaring himself to be the truth, to be the light, to, to be the, the life-giving water, um, that in him is where salvation, where freedom is truly found, is in Christ. And he's really declaring to these people that, yes, you may be religious, yes, you may be following these things and these strict laws and standards and things that you've made up. You may be following those things, but those things aren't what makes you right before God. Your family is not what makes you right before God. The only thing that makes you right before God is coming through Jesus Christ. And he's declaring this to the people. So we've been going through this journey. It, it kind of seems repetitive, which I guess you'll see the, the gospels being repetitive in the sense of Jesus declares himself to be something and the people reject him and, and mock him and turn away and try to kill him. So you do see that repetition there. But I just, I love seeing God's grace and his mercy on display. Um, just an intriguing chapter that we've been looking at. Um, we've went, I mean, five weeks that we've, we've been on, and we'll cover 47 verses total today, and we have barely scratched the surface. I mean, you've listened to me talk for a long, like, hours and we've barely scratched the surface. We, we've kind of alluded to some things, talking about Jesus declaring himself to be I am. We looked at that title last week, and we barely even touched the surface of there. There is so much packed in the Gospels, and we're just barely scratching the surface here. Um, we've seen Jesus pouring out truth, mercy, grace, warnings, reality. We've seen the people stand firm in their stubborn, self-righteous rejection of Jesus as the I am, as the Messiah, as the way, the truth, the life, as the light, as the life-giving water. In our study today, we're going to see Jesus continue to declare truth to the people. He almost seems today to kind of turn up the, the dial a little bit, turn up the volume a little bit as he's declaring truth to these people. He continues to mercifully declare their reality even in the midst of their great hostility. And we'll start to see their hostility flare up here. They get pretty mad at Jesus, I guess, to, to say the least. Next, or in two weeks, we'll see them get really mad at Jesus where they pick up stones to stone him because of what he said. So what I want to do, let's, let's look at our text together. John 8, verses 37 through 47. Then we'll pray, then we'll jump right into the text and uh, go through these few verses today. So John 8, starting in verse 37. I know that ye are Abraham's seed, but ye seek to kill me, because my word hath no place in you. I speak that which I have seen with my father, and ye do that which ye have seen with your father. 
They answered and said unto him, Abraham is our father. Jesus saith unto them, If ye were Abraham's children, ye would do the works of Abraham. But now ye seek to kill me, a man that hath told you the truth, which I have heard of God. This did not Abraham. Ye do the deeds of your father. Then said they to him, We be not born of fornication. We have one father, even God. Jesus said unto them, If God were your father, you would love me. For I proceed forth and came from God. Neither came I of myself, but he sent me. Why do you not understand my speech, even because you cannot hear my word? Ye are of your father the devil. Told you he gets pretty strong worded here. And the lust of your father you will do. He was a murderer from the beginning, and abode not in the truth, because there is no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own, for he is a liar and the father of it. And because I tell you the truth, ye believe me not. Which of you convinceth me of sin? And if I say the truth, why do ye not believe me? He that is of God heareth God's words. Ye therefore hear them not, because ye are not of God. Let's pray together. Dear Father, I thank you for this time. Thank you that we can look into your word. Thank you that we can see you working. We can see your interactions. I just thank you for your faithfulness. I thank you for your love, for your goodness, for your mercy, for your truth. I pray that you'll please work in our hearts today. Please challenge us. Please, please change us. Please help us to love you more, to, to grow in our, in our faith and our understanding of you. And, and as we grow, our response will be to worship you, to glorify you, to, to hold you in the, the, the place that you deserve. Please work in our hearts today. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So, uh, not that you care, but I, I titled this, this, these few verses, True Reality. Or, or two possibilities. Jesus is going to declare, you just saw him declare to these people, these Jews that were rejecting him, even though they were of the seed of Abraham, he shows them their reality apart from him, apart from Jesus. Uh, their reality is, is not good. Their reality is, is separation from God because they are rejecting Jesus as Messiah. So Jesus is going to reveal flaws with the Jews' false security for eternal life with God. You see, the Jews thought that they were good before God, Jesus will show them their true reality here. So they thought, we're good, we're of Abraham, we have the right lineage, we have the right rules, we're, we're following the right things, we even have more rules than God even gave us, we must be right before God. They're trusting in all the wrong things here, which we've been seeing week after week after week after week as we went through the Gospels. So these Jews think that they are good or in right standing before God, and Jesus is going to pour out their true reality. Their true reality was, God is not your father. Your father is the devil. And we'll get into those details. I don't want to get ahead of myself. Um, such an intriguing study to go through this stuff and see these details and see how Jesus just combats their, their view, the way that they view things. Jesus just pours that truth out there for them. So, verse 37a, I know that ye are Abraham's seed. 
So what is Jesus doing here? What is Jesus saying here? He's telling these, these Jews, hey, I'm aware of who your, you are physical descendants of. I'm aware that you are physical descendants of Abraham. You are right about that, Jesus tells them. They had based their security, they had based their standing before God on the fact that they were of the lineage of Abraham. Or Abraham is somewhere in their family tree, so they thought we are good, we're in right standing before God, no matter what we do or think or say, we are right before God because our father is Abraham. They believed that they were guaranteed entrance into God's kingdom because they had Abraham in their family. Uh, one uh, second century Christian apologist by the name of Justin Martyr said, they, or the Jewish teachers, beguile themselves and you, supposing that the everlasting kingdom will be assuredly given to those of the dispersion who are of Abraham after the flesh, although they be sinners and faithless and disobedient towards God. So you see what he's saying there? You see, you see how the mindset of the Jews came to be where Abraham is our father, so no matter what, we are good. We are in good standing with God because our father is Abraham. Their thought was as long as Abraham is in our line, we are right before God no matter what. Does that line up with what the Bible says? That, that lines up with what they wanted to think or what they had assumed, or it worked out really well for their lifestyle where they were just part of Abraham's line, so, so they're good. Romans chapter 2, a lot of references, cross-references again today, which I'm not going to apologize for because that's where the truth lies as we compare Scripture with Scripture and as you look at these different passages. Romans chapter 2 Verses uh, 17 and 18. Behold, thou art called a Jew, and restest in the law, and makest thy boast of God, and knowest his will, and approvest the things that are more excellent, being instructed out of the law. Jump down to verses 23 through 29. Thou that makest thy boast of the law, through breaking the law, dishonorest thou God. For the name of God is blasphemed among the Gentiles through you, as it is written, For circumcision verily profiteth if thou keep the law. But if thou be a breaker of the law, thy circumcision is made uncircumcision. Therefore, if thy uncircumcision keep the righteousness of the law, shall not his uncircumcision be counted for circumcision? And shall not uncircumcision, which is by nature, if it fulfill the law, judge thee, who by the letter and circumcision doth, doth transgress the law? For he is not a Jew which is one outwardly, neither is that circumcision which is outward in the flesh. But he is a Jew which is one inwardly. And circumcision is that of the heart in the spirit and not in the letter, whose praise is not of men but of God. Lineage and, and religious rituals count for nothing if your heart has not been cleansed by God. No matter who your daddy is, physically speaking, no, no matter what you've, what you've done, religiously speaking, no matter what good works you've done, if you have not been cleansed by Jesus Christ, none of that stuff matters. Amen. Salvation is, is through Christ. Uh, Colossians chapter 2, verses 6 through 12. As ye have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him, 
rooted and built up in him, established in the faith as ye have been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving. Beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit, after the tradition of men, after the rudiments of the world, and not after Christ. For in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and ye are complete in him, which is the head of all principality and power." in whom also ye are circumcised with the circumcision made without hands, and putting off the body of the sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ, buried with him in baptism, wherein also ye are risen with him through the faith of the operation of God, who hath raised him from the dead. We need Jesus. We need forgiveness. We need cleansing. No matter who we are, how great our family may have been, we need Jesus for true cleansing, for true forgiveness. Romans 9, 6 tells us that they are not all Israel, which are of Israel. No one is saved because of having Abraham as an ancestor. Only those that have true faith in Jesus Christ will be saved. Again, look, flip to Galatians chapter 3. You see what's going on here? You see this, this case that's being built where you have people relying on something other than Christ for salvation. They're counting on something other than Christ for salvation. And that is a huge problem to trust in anything but Christ for salvation. Galatians 3, verses 6 and 7. Even as Abraham believed God and it was accounted unto him for righteousness, Know ye therefore that they which are of the faith, the same are the children of Abraham. Jump down to verse uh, 8. And the scripture foreseeing that God would justify the heathen through faith, preached before the gospel unto Abraham, saying, In thee shall all nations be blessed. So they which be of faith are blessed with faithful Abraham. You see what's going on there? It's, it's, not, it's not lineage, it's, it's faith. It's faith in Jesus Christ. That's where forgiveness comes, where, where, where cleansing comes, is through Christ. The second part of verse 37 in John chapter 8. I know the are Abraham's seed, but ye seek to kill me, because my word hath no place in you. So the behavior of these people, the way that they responded to Jesus, showed that they were not true followers of God. Verse 56, your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day, and he saw it and was glad. You see how Jesus contrasts Abraham's view with their view? Abraham was was glad in, in dealing with God and believing in God. Jesus comes to these people, they reject him, they reject God, they reject what God has said. They're not happy with Jesus being here. In, in fact, they wanted to kill him. They were so unhappy about it. Abraham looked forward to the coming Messiah. He was, not, he was um, now standing in front of these people and they wanted to kill him. So the one Abraham looked forward to seeing is standing in front of these people and their response is, oh Jesus, we're so happy you're here. You are King, you are Lord, you are the Messiah. We want to repent and fall down and worship you. That was not their response. Their response was, we want to kill you. We like the good things that you do, like the miracles and giving us free food and stuff. We like that. But when you open your mouth, we just want to kill you, is their response. <clears throat> Abraham believed God's word. Genesis 15, 
Abraham believed God and it was counted unto him for righteousness. God spoke and Abraham believed what God said. These people rejected the words of Jesus. They, they heard it, they saw his lips moving, they, they saw noise coming out, but they didn't believe it or obey it. If you think of James 1, 22, be doers of the word and not hearers only. God's word didn't penetrate their hard hearts. They rejected Jesus. They rejected who he was and what he said. 1 Thessalonians 2.13 tells us that the word of God works in those that believe. They believe in God. His, his word works in them. It, it challenges, it, it changes, it, it's powerful. It doesn't work in those who reject, who are, who, are, who are blinded, who are of their father the devil. Look at verse 38. I speak that which I have seen with my father. So Jesus was saying what God had told him to say, the message from God. I'm speaking divine truth to you, Jesus says. My words are heavenly realities. My words are from God the Father. Then the verse goes on to say, and ye do that which ye have seen with your father. So Jesus says, you reject my words, you don't believe what I say, because we have different fathers. Who would these people have said that their father was? They, they like to claim Abraham, and they would also say, God is our father. And Jesus is telling them here, God has told me what to say to you. God has given me these words. I'm speaking the truth from God to you. And your response to what God has said is rejection, is, is hate, is mockery. People, we have different fathers, is what Jesus is telling them. These words are from God, and you're not believing them. Think about this. Jesus' words and his works were evidence that he was indeed from the Father. He gave ample evidence of the fact that he was God, that he was God in the flesh, that he was deity. His words, his works were proof that he is God, that he is the Messiah standing in front of them. Their words and works were evidence that they had an entirely different father. Verse 44, ye are of your father the devil. They didn't know Jesus or his father. Look at verse 19 of chapter 8. Then said they unto him, Where is thy father? Jesus answered, Ye neither know me nor my father. If ye had known me, ye should have known my father also. See this? They don't know the father. They don't know Jesus. They don't know Jesus. They don't know the father. God is not their father. They are of their father, the devil. They rejected Jesus. But they don't get it. Look at verse 39. They answered and said unto him, Abraham is our father. They insisted they were Abraham's spiritual children and that they were spiritually right before God and they were on the right track and the Heavenly Father was actually their father and Abraham was their father. And they're, what they're saying there is Jesus is, is off in left field. He's, he, he doesn't get it. He's, he's not speaking the truth and they just continue to reject what Jesus has to say. They're saying they were in the same spiritual family as Abraham, which would assume that they were following his, his pattern of faith in God. 
and Jesus is going to challenge their thought process. Where you say you're spiritual descendants of Abraham, you say you're, you're following what Abraham followed, that's a problem because Abraham didn't try to kill me. Abraham didn't try to kill God when, when God spoke to him, when God delivered truth to him. So Jesus challenges their thought process here. Second part of verse 39, Jesus saith unto them, If ye were Abraham's children, ye would do the works of Abraham. So he tells them, you say you're of Abraham, you're not acting like Abraham acted. What is Abraham known for? Having great faith. Abraham believed what God said. Paul speaks of Abraham's faith in Romans chapter 4. Like the whole chapter of Romans 4. He he tells them that that Abraham was saved by faith, not works, not circumcision, not the law. What were these people trusting in? Works. Abraham. The law. They were trusting in all these things and not Jesus. And Abraham had faith. They're not acting like Abraham. To the Galatians, remember we studied Galatians for a year and a half, they were struggling with Judaizers coming in and, and, and trying to confuse them and trying to have them add the law and add these rituals to Jesus. What goes on there? Galatians chapter 3, we read through verse 9. Let's, let's continue reading. If I can find Galatians. So then they which be of faith are blessed with faithful Abraham. For as many as are of the works of the law are under the curse. For it is written, Cursed is everyone that continueth not in all the things which are written in the book of the law to do them. So the problem with trying to follow the law is that you can't perfectly obey the law. And when you start breaking the law, you're just cursed and you're, you're guilty of sin and you have no hope apart from Christ. Verse 11, But that no man is justified by the law in the sight of God, it is evident, for the just shall live by faith. And the law is not of faith, but the man that doeth them shall live in them. Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree, that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through what? Faith. They're missing this this faith aspect there. You can look at Hebrews. Hebrews also speaks of Abraham's faith. So you have these, these faithless, these unbelieving Jews having a big problem. They were self-righteously trying to gain God's favor. What evidence have we just looked at that would be favorable to them? The, the law is a curse. The, long, the law brings awareness of sin. The law presents a big problem because people can't perfectly keep the law. The only way to be right before God is through Jesus Christ. So if these people are trusting in the law, if they're trusting in their religion, if they're trusting in their works and all these different things apart from Christ, they are in big trouble because salvation is not based on effort, on affiliation, or your family tree. Salvation is by grace through faith in Jesus Christ. Acts 4.12, Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. These people that rejected Jesus were not in the same spiritual family. They did not have faith. They had pride. 
They had arrogance. They had an ancestral line that they were trusting in. Verse 40. So Jesus told them, end of verse 39, if you're of Abraham's children, you would do the works of Abraham. Verse 40. But now ye seek to kill me. So what they tried to do, their response to Jesus wasn't faith, wasn't believing. It was they tried to kill him. Verse 40 goes on to say, You try to kill me, a man that hath told you the truth which I have heard of God. This did not Abraham. So all Jesus did was speak the truth to them directly from God. Exactly what God wanted him to say. Exactly what God had for him to say. Jesus spoke that perfectly. They rejected. They tried to kill him. The, the end of verse uh, chapter 40. This did not Abraham. This is not how Abraham acted or reacted when God spoke. What did Abraham do? He listened. He believed. Abraham received. These people rejected. Verse 41. Ye do the deeds of your father. Jesus boldly declares to them, you're doing the deeds of your father. You're not doing the deeds of my father. You're not doing the deeds of Abraham. You are doing the deeds of your father. So what can we kind of bring together here is that Jesus lets them know that their father was not God. Their father was not Abraham. But their father, if they put all the pieces together, before he gets to verse 44, their father is the devil. It is not God. Second part of verse 41 then said they unto him, We be not born of fornication. We have one Father, even God. So, might be a... Well, first of all, they're probably extremely outraged by what Jesus had said. Like, you don't have the same Father. God is not your Father. Abraham is not your Father. That would probably rub them the wrong way slightly. Especially when they're operating in, in pride and, and arrogance. They prided themselves on their righteousness, on their lineage, on their standing before God because of who they were. They were Jews. They were God's chosen people. God had worked in, in their family history in special ways. They took pride in that. So what's their response to Jesus is, we're not born of fornication. We are pure Jews. We're, we're not of Gentile descent or of, of pagan descent here. We are pure Jews. We have one Father, even God. The, this may be a stretch here, but they could have also been talking to the fact of the questions that could have surrounded the conception of, of Jesus. Where if you don't believe in the, the virgin birth, then there would be some questions that they would have had there where they would have had some problems with his origin. Remember they would give him a hard time about who is your father, where is your father? So maybe a stretch, but they could have been mad here and they could have been sarcastically picking on Jesus, saying, well, we're not born, we're not, we're not like you. We know who our fathers are. We, are. we are pure Jews. Now that's a possibility. I, I, it's possible they were doing that, but they're making it clear that we are pure Jews here. We are purely of the line of Abraham. And we have one father, and that father is God. So how, in their mind, how dare Jesus say their father 
was the devil. They're, they're not born of fornication. We have one father, even God. Don't, don't try telling us God is, is not our father. And you can almost see them here boiling over. You can see their faces turning red, and you can see them starting to look around for big enough stones to, to throw at Jesus for him saying this stuff. God was their father in a in national sense. But spiritually speaking, he was the father only of those who had truly come to saving faith, who truly believed in Jesus. Verse 42, Jesus said unto them, If God were your father, you would love me, for I proceeded forth and came from God. Neither I came, or neither came I of myself, but he sent me. So if God truly is your father, Jesus says, you would would love me. He's the one that sent me. And think about John 3.16, a verse we all have memorized, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. You see God giving his son, God, God sending his son, and Jesus says, I am sent of God. If, if God is your father, you would love me because I am sent from him. There's a problem if they say they love God, yet they reject Jesus because God's the one that sent Jesus. By rejecting Jesus, they undermine their claim that God was their father. John chapter 5, verse 23, that all men should honor the Son, even as they honor the Father. He that honoreth not the Son, honoreth not the Father, which hath sent him. And then John 15, 23, he that hateth me, hateth my Father also. True children of God, true believers, Love Jesus. Evidence of a true believer, they love Jesus. These people hated Jesus. They were not in the same spiritual family as Abraham or God. They were of their father, the devil. And verse 43, Why do you not understand my speech? Well, here's the answer even because ye cannot hear my word. Their inability to hear and understand proved that they were not God's children. If they were God's children, if they loved Jesus, they, they would understand, they would hear what Jesus was saying. They would hear his words. They would believe his words. Just more evidence that they were of their father, the devil. Then we get to verse 44. Ye are of your father, the devil. What authority to say that? What truth to say that? I mean, could you imagine telling someone you're of the devil to their face? Jesus said that to these real people. They rejected him. They hated him. They wanted him dead. They didn't love him. God was not truly their father. And he lets them know your father is the devil. You are of your father the devil. And the lust of your father you will do. He was a murderer from the beginning. And abode not in the truth, because there is no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own, for he is a liar and the father of it. So Jesus boldly speaks out what he's been implying through this chapter. He tells the people, we don't have the same father here. You're of your father at the devil. 
Sure, you're physically sons of Abraham, but spiritually and morally, they were of the devil. And, I mean, Jesus is pretty straightforward here. He's not sugarcoating anything. Just tells them straight up. It gives them the truth right to their face, regardless of how their feelings might feel at that point. But Jesus tells them, you, you don't love me. You do not believe in me. And if this is the case, if you don't love me, then God is not your father. Because if you don't love me, you don't love the father. And then he lets them know how horrible their father is. He's a murderer. And we can think back to, to history. Think, think of his, the murder that went on there. You have Cain and Abel. You have Adam and Eve plunging into sin and physically being able to die. You have him being a liar and the father of lies. The devil is, does horrible things. He's a murderer. He's a liar. He's still looking around seeking whom he may devour. 1 Peter 5.8 And Jesus tells these people, you are acting like the devil and you will continue to act like the devil. Verse 45 And because I tell you the truth, you believe me not. They believed lies. They're of the devil, the father of lies. They were, they were caught up in this murderous, lying lifestyle apart from Christ. As children of the devil, the father of lies, they were unwilling to believe the truth that Jesus spoke. They hated, they rejected, they wanted Jesus dead. Verse 46, Which of you convinceth me of sin? And if I say the truth, why do ye not believe me? So now Jesus tells them, what sin can you find in me? Look at me. Look at, look at the way that I've been living, that I've carried myself, that I've, that I've spoke. Look at the way that I have been ministering, that I've been living for the past 30-some years. What sin can you convince me of or can you convict of me? What sin or what flaw can you find in my life? Their answer had to be none. He was perfect. He was sinless. Jesus is perfect God, and no one could find any fault in him. They had to hire people to lie about him when they took him to be judged at the end of his life. There was no fault to be found in Jesus. Even when they thought they had him cornered, what did he do? They ended up walking out of the room being condemned. Remember that story? The adulterous woman? Jesus says, oh, you think you got me? Well... Watch this. And they walk out being condemned. So what sin could they find in Jesus? None. He was perfect. Again, evidence of his deity, the perfect and holy one, which I'm so glad he is perfect and holy. Amen. He was able to perfectly shed his perfect blood to be the satisfactory payment to make us right before God. Not by our works of righteousness, but by the works of righteousness which he had done. By faith and trust in him. Just proof that he is from the Father as perfect, sinless God. And Jesus declares, there's ample proof that I am who I say I am. Why don't you believe me? And look what he says. He answers his own question pretty quickly. Here's, here's why you don't believe in me. He that is of God heareth God's words. Ye therefore hear him not, because ye are not of God. Why did they not hear God? They were not of God. Why didn't they believe Jesus? They were of their father, 
the devil. They rejected him as Messiah, as Savior, as Lord. Such a sad situation to see these people standing in front of Jesus or standing with Jesus and just rejecting him, looking, looking to kill him. Such a sad, sad place. And we see these people who thought they were good. They thought that they were right before God. And we've talked about why they thought this. But it's, it's such a, a problem. And this, this sin problem, this, this problem of pride, this, this problem uh, within the heart of thinking that, that we're good enough. Still, we find it today as, as, we, as we talk to people. You see people that reject, that don't need God, that all these same excuses, they might look a little differently. But you see people that think that they are right before God without wanting anything to do with Jesus, without believing in Jesus for salvation, for forgiveness. And Jesus is the place where that salvation, where that true forgiveness, where that freedom is found. And I am so thankful for his faithfulness. I'm so thankful for his sacrificial death that he died. I'm thankful that, that he, he works in, in hearts and lives and, and that he saves people. And people still can believe in him and, and he still brings people to himself. I, I'm just thankful for, for the working of God in lives. Because apart from Christ, we, we are hopeless children of the devil, dead in our trespasses and sins, which is not where I want to be ever. I'm just so thankful for my Jesus. And I want to be careful to praise him and, and to love him and to honor him, to glorify the Father because of their workings, because of the hope that they give, because of the life that they give. I'm just so thankful and I want to praise my Father. And I want to encourage you all to praise God for what he's done, to glorify God for his wonderful workings, for his mercy, for his grace for the way that he operates and moves. And I want to challenge you, if you're trusting in, in the church that you go to or anything other than Christ, if you're trusting in how much you gave to hurricane relief to make you right before God, that's not the answer. Jesus is the answer, and we need Jesus. Jesus can wash us and cleanse us and make us right before the Father. And he is the way, he is the truth, he is the life, and he is worthy of praise. Let's pray together. Dear Father, I thank you for this time together. It's uh, difficult sometimes to consider those who reject you and the, the actual reality of those who God is not their Father, who do not love God, who do not love Jesus. I pray that you would help us to just praise you and, and glorify you for your workings, for even making it possible for us to come to you by faith, for us to be declared righteous. I thank you so much for that gift. We're so unworthy, yet you loved us and you work, and you can make us righteous. I pray that we won't trust in ourselves or our works or anything that we have done, but that we will trust in you and we will give you the glory that you are so worthy of. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. I'm going to ask Mrs.